Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Age of Radio. is going on everybody we are back this is episode 250 on the button of the dark windows podcast my name is kevin and i'm the other one yes he's also kevin if you're <laughs> yeah. not familiar uh-huh. um yeah hey you know i got i gotta say this before we start a little banter you know do it i got i got two two banter things okay so one we got a great fucking podcast group i'm gonna we say- do I'm going to say that on Facebook. I'm, I'm yeah. going to say that, that you know, <laughs> I really have to put it out to everyone that's yeah. a part oh, of that. Sure. You guys are just fucking great. You know, I was, I was really looking at it like I, there's a lot of other shows I listen to where they've got like fucking like lawyers and doctors and shit to listen to. Like we got a lot of just blue collar motherfuckers and like that's kind of awesome because that's what we are. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, so we're uh, just fucking working folks making a podcast and uh but we also probably have some other people. Kind of being dipshits in the meantime. I, we got one listener for sure that drives an ambulance, which is like out of my fucking you know, purview of anything yeah. I'd be able to do. I mean, but like when <laughs> I don't know, it just seems like within the past, like, I'll say month, maybe two, whatever. People have just like, I don't know, kind of come out of their shells a little yeah. bit. And it's like, it's, it's, we don't have to start the discussion. We don't have to post things to like start a whole f- fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> I did start one today where it was like, uh, you know, fucking, uh, what is it? Um, tell us one uninteresting fact about yourself. And of course I, I mean, mine, I'm like, I'm lactose intolerant and it's just gone off from there. Um, oh yeah. I, I see that, uh, 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 I can't remember who the fuck it was. Really went off the fucking rails on it. <laughs> oh yeah, because he uh, hold up here. We can we can just fucking find the conversation here, man. Because uh, yeah, uh, you know we got Ben obviously chiming in on everything. Oh, of course. Um, because he, he's like <laughs> between him and Mike. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I, we got my cousin Nicole who's seen Forrest Gump over a hundred times, which doesn't surprise me because I've seen it probably forty. Um, another listener. I'm scared of horses. Um, Drazen at 32. One of my <laughs> testicles is smaller than the other two. Yeah, that uh, that one was like way the fuck. Out. I was like, whoa. To which you know, uh, Nick Arnold's like, uh, live near Pripyat, do you? <laughs> and uh, no, he lives in Backwoods, Vermont. He's in uh, where the fuck's he at? Uh son of a bitch. Um. He's in Washington. Like he's he's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, and, you know. Uh, and I gotta I gotta give a sh- shout out to Amber uh, Poirier, um, my cousin. 
Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that uh, little uh, <laughs> chupa corn Chupa the corn in the cobra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we, we got some good fucking people on here. And of I mean, of course. Yes. We've been doing this for almost six years, and we've never removed anybody from no. the page. No. We've removed one person because they were trying to run scams on people. We've never removed anybody for being an asshole. No. Um, and I've I've held off on right a couple. You, you do a little bit of looking, you're like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, but then now, like, I mean, there's one that I kind of added in that I'm I'm still waiting on to see if any bullshit happens. But you know, whatever. We'll see. You um. Know. So I guess then my other little like side quest rant thing is this. If we ever need to stage your motherfucking house, all we gotta do is go down, you know, just two houses down. Oh, no, that's... We got Local Fresh. That's Lavender. No, that's Sage, isn't it? No, it says fucking Local Lavender on are the side. Are you sure it's not Sage? I'm 100% because Sage and Lavender are not the same thing. Okay. Scratch that. Sage is for getting rid of ghosts and cooking. Lavender just, is for uh, making things smell nice and helping you sleep. I thought it was Sage. No. Okay? No. I apologize. See? That's no, what I get. You're from... you're way off, dude. You're off. No, uh, not really, but <sighs> Jesus. So well, let's anyway. get on, let's get back on topic let's... that we never got on in the first place here. Well, listen, I told you fucking bantering I... and shit, we having don't... conversations like humans. Speaking of which, well, oh, so, oh, no, no, oh, like oh. this one, <laughs> this one blew my fucking mind. I saw a thing. It was a, on a podcast group. I'm on. Uh, someone's like, I'm looking for recommendations for podcasts without any small talk or banter. And I'm like, who the fuck wants that? That's half the fun is getting to know something about the person that you're listening to. Well, why would you want to listen to something where it's somebody just fucking, here's the facts, bloop, you know, and then that's the end of the show. That That's silly to me. I want, if it's, if it's a single person doing something, yeah. obviously you can't have a lot of conversation and banter unless they're like me where they have, conversations with themselves out loud um, I, I did that today a matter of fact uh-huh. I, was, I was doing something and the customer went what was that i go no oh I'm, nothing i was just talking to myself i wasn't talking to you <laughs> she, she's yeah. like she's like oh okay yeah, but i do it to mom i'm like i'm sorry this is just what i do i i don't want something where it's just two people sitting down and telling a story back no i want some fucking banter because i enjoy it you know, like one of the shows I'm currently listening to is basically three dudes my age talking about wrestling from the 90s. And it's all them just bullshitting, basically. And it's fantastic. If you're a wrestling fan, go check out Deadlock. It's fucking incredible. Okay. You know, it's great. All right. So let's get into this episode for this week. So for this week's episode, we're going to cover a badass. Oh, no. Okay. Again. Uh, I know. And I kind of stumbled into him... And I I never heard of him before, so I was like, but well, I guess I should start off by saying this guy I didn't know it happens to be a local hero. Ah, okay. okay? He's lo- when I mean by local, I mean he's from Vermont. Um, uh, and well, we'll get into that. So this gentleman uh, that we're going to be covering for this week is Merritt. Austin Edson. Okay. okay. This fellow was one of those people that joins the military, then makes an impact, and then sees that he can do better and better. Okay. okay. He's like one of those ones that starts from the bottom, goes to the top. Okay. okay. Yeah, like uh, 
Oh, son of a bitch, who was it? Oh my god, there was a guy that we talked about where he started off like fucking like dirtbag private and then like busted his way up through and I can't remember who it was. Jesus, I don't know. I know Patton did it. Patton started off as like a fucking clerk and then yeah. next thing you know, he's got the Spear of Destiny, he's dying in the fucking Jeep wreck. <laughs> hey. Prove me wrong. I, I, he died in a Jeep accident. He had found an artifact. I didn't say a word. It's possible that he a lot did. of lot of rumor and speculation that he had the fucking spear of destiny in his possession when he died, which is why he died. Yes, you know our own government took him out. No, the it's our own government. predestination of having it killed him. Come on, why he's would the government fucking... kill him? You okay, dickhead. First off, he's Patton. Yeah. Okay. No, there's no fucking way. That guy probably smoked a fucking cigar, was on top of fucking, it's, you know, a Jeep or whatever, going, fucking rounds flying over his head. He was going, yep, looks like a good day for war. Well, first of all, why would he be on top of a Jeep? I don't know. Just because he's he a tank to. man. Like, he would have come home and not owned a vehicle. He would have bought a fucking tank. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This is my road tank. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, this is my road tank. This is my everyday tank. Sir, that's a Bradley fighting vehicle. I know they named it after me. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't. Fuck you, they didn't. <laughs> so what do you drive when on leisure? Tank. The, the Abrams. <laughs> when I really need to get into town and get back out, I'll take the Stewart. You know, just and get I in want, and gone. And, and if I want to be classy, I might take the Sherman. I don't know. You know, th- maybe. Eh. Eh. <laughs> Hold sentimental value. Eh. I mean. I don't know, man. <sighs> See, I would be looking to get some of them imports. <laughs> like, I know the Germans make a damn fine tank. I will be. No, uh, well, according to him, probably That no. motherfucker could hide a panzer in his bag to bring it home with him. Yes. <laughs> Everybody else is trying to smuggle home Lugers and fucking no. iron crosses and swastika pendants and shit. And he's like, nah, don't worry about that. So how many, how many, so how many Lugers and did you ah. bring home? He goes, no, I didn't bring, I brought other stuff home. Oh, so you brought, you know, you know, this or that home? He's like, no, I brought home, you know, two panzers. He just, he just riveted the fucking straps from an old rucksack into the side of it. Like, no, this is my carry on. I, I, I brought home. <laughs> Two sir, Panzers, a Tiger, a Koenig Tiger. Sir, that's a tank. Uh, no, that's not. That's my emotional support car. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that. You don't know what you're talking about. That's a Jeep, Private. No, sir. That's that's a tank. No. That's Did a, you just misgender Jeep. my car? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's our editing quote of the night, probably. Yes. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so. So, Merritt was born in Rutland. Oh, fucking Christ. Oh, Jesus. This poor son of a bitch. On April 25th of 1897. So, he was born in the old Rutland Hospital. Um, And he would be raised in Chester, Vermont, which is southeast of Rutland. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's southeast of Rutland. About 40-ish minutes, 45 minutes. Maybe a little bit less. Chester is one of those, like, man, you get down into that area... And you'll drive through four towns and not realize that you've driven through four different towns because they all yeah. look the same. Sort of. And I, that's coming from people that live in Pittsburgh, okay? So we've got some local listeners that are going to be fairly familiar with the area, including one who I believe lives in Chester or Chester, Springfield. Yeah. But Well, Chester you know. is uh, it's kind of like uh, it's close to the New York border and and not far away from the massachusetts border 
So huh? it's, it's kind of like it's cl- it's in that area. Chester's closer to New Hampshire than New York. It's closer. I mean, it's closer to both. You you can get to you can get to New York in how half hour forty five. All you have to do is go over the mountain. Yeah, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, but it, Hold on really, here, you Kevin, it's it's literally like all you have to do is go south to Bellows Falls, which is the next town, uh, and it, go over to Excuse me. You did not say it correctly. What? Fellows Balls. And there you go. Sorry. <laughs> it has never been Bellows Falls in this house, goddammit. Yes, sorry. It's always been Fellows Balls. Yes. Because it's funnier. It is true. <laughs> but yeah, it's way closer to New Hampshire than New York. Okay, so. Because it's, that's Chester. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so he would, I'm guessing, have a normal childhood. I'm only I mean, saying I'm, I'm guessing it because... As normal as growing up in Chester can be. Yeah, I mean, Chester's a nice town. I'm allowed to pick on it. I have family there. Yeah. And actually, I believe fantastic local author that I've met more than once is also from Chester. Um, anybody looking for some paranormal, like, small town shit... Find some Joseph Citro books. I think he's... He's either from Chester or Springfield. Um, I don't know. But uh, his... I, vo- thought, I thought there was a... Because I thought there was, there's a town like Haunted Vermont or whatever the hell it is. It's like a road that's actually in uh, Manchester. Well, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But if, if you ever want a, a look at like small town Vermont in the late 80s, early 90s, Go read Shadow Child. It is fucking incredible. Yeah. And uh, like any really, really good book like that, big fucking twist, never see it coming until the last, like, three pages of the book. And we are going to go on a little adventure at some point because we have to get put it on the page because we're going to go check out... Uh, calendar 2? Calendar 2. Mm-hmm. Over in uh, Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. I was like... I actually talked about Calendar 2 on a Patreon episode for Mysterious Circumstances. Uh, Justin fucking forever ago was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, nothing. He goes, want to come on for Patreon? I'm like, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, Justin. Dude, this is like three years ago. Whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. So, I'm still fucking, I'm, I'm still sore about it. It's okay. Well, do you have the capability of recording from your home on short notice? Maybe. Possibly. No, you don't. I do too. With what? I have a fucking mic and a board. Yes, I have oh. it all. Well, I was just saying, my, my, my USB mic is strictly for uh, Diablo communications, which I haven't done in a while anyway. But. No. Mine's strictly for re- items related to getting COVID and yeah. then having to be here. I mean, or if you weren't a bitch, you could get a PC and play Diablo like a real man. <laughs> you know what? Just Shut saying. Up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I don't like you. We were picking on Chester, and anyway. then we started talking so, about an author. Yeah. Uh... Justice Citro. You yes. mentioned him. Okay. Yes. That's that who you Incredible. Did you say that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go check him out. Yeah. Everybody. He, most of his books are older, but, but he so does, is he. But he does talk about, he has some books that are about stuff in Vermont. I can count it. I can count the better part of a dozen of his books, nonfiction books on my shelf right there. Yeah. And then another half dozen fiction at the bottom. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a, kind of one of my go-to guys when it comes to books and shit mm, very yeah. much uh so yeah ch- i'm just saying he had a normal childhood because it doesn't uh, what i was looking up everything i found on him did not 
go into his childhood at all? Yeah, probably you know, working on family um, farm or some shit like that. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, his they must have been well enough off because uh, after finishing high school, um, or equivalent of, he would actually go to the University of Vermont. Oh, um, for two years. Oh, then got that bachelor's degree, son. No, no, no. It's uh, be only associates at that point. Oh, I'm sorry, college Um, man. He, but this would be cut short because he would cut into it because. In 1914, he would join the 1st uh, National Guard unit as a private. Oh, no shit. And he joined because of the trouble in Mexico that was escalating. 1914? Yep. Uh, he would be sent to Eagle Pass, Texas, to be on the border in case anything were to actually happen. Right, right. Um, nothing happened. So he wouldn't be there very long, and he would be back at the university uh, for that fall. He was probably fucking miserable in Texas, too. Probably. Because you go from summer here, where it's like, it's not great, and then you go down yeah. there. And it's like walking uh, into Satan's asshole, except it's dry. Yeah. <laughs> so, and in and, and fucking those uniforms. Oh, they're all goddamn wool, dude. Yeah. Ooh. So. They didn't need, they didn't need fucking body armor. That shit would stop them. Mm, very much. But. Also flame retardant. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wool is naturally flame retardant. Yeah. Sure is. Uh, so he was back in the fall at the university. Didn't stay there very long because, well, he would send do another semester. And by June of that following year, so the end of that, that last semester, he would actually join the uh, Marine Corps Reserve. <sighs> he got and, a taste for crayons in Texas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then by October, he would actually be promoted to second lieutenant. And then by July, really likes crayons. Then by July of 1918, he would actually be promoted to first lieutenant. <laughs> um, and he would be sent to France with the 11th Marines. And then he would. Oh no! Uh, well. Oh no! Like 1917-ish, he was in France. 1918. Yeah, because that's yeah we got there like late 17, early 18. Well, the American Expeditionary Force. He he didn't do anything okay so he didn't war crime in france that's unfortunate no he was with 11th marines and he would be sent uh be in france for the last six months of the war damn it uh that's too bad when he came back from world war one because you know dude wanted a fucking shotgun probably he's like i will go shoot the dicks off of these germans with a 12 gauge in the trenches i don't give a fuck uh he actually now i did find i have to stop right here um because when I when I said that he would he joined the first National Guard, he actually went down to Boston to uh, to sign up. Oh, okay. Uh, he didn't sign up up here for some reason. I don't know why. I wonder if we didn't have one yet. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's find I out. Thought Keep we going. Did, uh, because we actually had a base here. Okay. There was a, there was a full-time military base up uh, in uh, what should call it. Um, the fuck's that town? Jericho. Up there. Or, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I mean, technically, we had a National Guard started in 1764, which would have been the fucking Green Mountain Boys. Mm. Um, and that was active until 1918. The Army National Guard was in 1860. That was when that was founded here. Well, so. it was already, already, you know, he's... Yeah. So, I mean, it was well-established by this point. I don't yeah. know why he would have gone. I don't know. Hmm. 
just maybe he wanted to make sure that um, he was going to uh, go going to go to action, I guess, because mm-hmm. he felt so strong. He, you know, this is the time period where he, you know, I hate to say it, but like he was, where men were men, and were, they weren't scared to fucking go do. The, war this is when war was still romanticized. World War One is kind of the one that that put a. <clears throat> we hadn't been to war since. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see, uh, San Juan, and we yeah. hadn't been before that since uh, Civil War. Civil War. So San Juan Hill, everybody was like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go." Well, they just wanted to go to hang out with fucking Teddy Roosevelt. It's true. He's like. True. Man, he's got a badass mustache, and he's going to kill all kinds of Spanish. Every every one of them. Yeah. And then after a while, you just get... You get... You get backed up. Yeah. And you're like, if I don't get rid of this, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. So that's just what happens with war here. It's I like, mean, you know, we get backed up once in a while, and we got to so yeah, we didn't, jerk we, out a war. We didn't have anything <laughs> going on. And, you know, then we had, a, like, a small few things going on. That we helped out, yeah. you know, the the Mexican Revolution and whatever, but it wasn't anything big. Yeah. Now we just send money um, to other countries while ours actually fucking yeah. burns. Yeah. No comment, though. Yeah. Uh, fucking Christ. So Nero then, fiddles while Rome burns. When he comes back from World War One, he would uh, have several different assignments, and then in 1920, he would be officially promoted to first lieutenant. Okay. Because back then, so... It, Usually what happens is, um, at least during this period of time in World War, well, I think all the way up to maybe Vietnam, maybe? I'm not sure. You know, I, I could ask my brother or my dad. They'll correct me. But um, if you were promoted during wartime, you actually would be um, pushed back so that, you know, you couldn't, um, I don't know, not really so you couldn't do anything, but it was just... There's just a wartime thing that you know, hey, you know, complimentary thing that you're being pushed up a rank, and yeah, then it's like, hey, you're back field in, promotion. Yeah, you're back in the real world. All right, yep. this goes away. Yeah, sometimes it didn't. Like more often than not, it did though. Yeah. Um, so he he went from first lieutenant back to the second lieutenant, and then 1920 he got the official promotion to second lieutenant. Okay. And the okay. the further up the ranks he goes, the worse and worse he gets at reading maps from what everybody is. In the military has ever said, like, once you hit the rank of, like, second lieutenant, then you go up to first, like, land nav is just fucking erased from your memory. And you're like, okay, not this guy. Okay. Okay. This guy's from <laughs> fucking Vermont. That's true. He's hill folk. Yeah. He's hill folk. So, no. Doesn't Cut happen. this wire. Get this goddamn platoon on the move. <laughs> who, who, who's that? <laughs> oh, God. Don't. Anyway, we should never have been allowed to watch fucking Band of Brothers no. or Metal, uh, like Metal Gear Solid, not Metal no. Gear Solid, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, yeah. In my case, any of the three actually, because it's, uh, it's true. That's where my yes retard brain goes. It's like, oh, I can quote any of these. That's fine. Don't worry about you it. You know, fuck it. Who cares? So just before uh, the year, bef- just the year before, he would actually be assigned to the Marine Barracks at Quantico, ah. in Virginia. He would be stationed there from 1919 to 1921. Now, during this time period, he did actually find time. I know it might be rough for some people to think that, you know, 
because this guy had a lot going on mm-hmm. between you know getting out of uh, World War One to 1921. And this guy, I mean, I didn't put it in here because I was like, there was just so much schooling this guy went to. Right. I was like, uh, that'd be boring as hell. And he just went from this to this to this to this, this all the way down through until he ends up in Quantico. Okay. Okay. He did find time to find a woman okay. that he liked and liked him and decided that, well, hey, I'll marry this guy. So they would get married. Nice. And he, I mean, that's also between yelling at lower enlisted for buying fucking Model Ts at a 20% APR. Probably true. Because <laughs> um, if there's one thing I've learned from all my adventures on YouTube and watching previous military guys, it's that apparently when you enlist, you get real stupid with your money and you're like, oh, no, I bought a Camaro. It's like 75% APR. It's totally fine. That's what the guy at the, at the desk told me. And you pay $90,000 for a fucking $30,000 car. And then your sergeant yells at you because you're stupid. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and his wife's name uh, is, or was, Ethel Winifred Robinson, and oh. they remarried uh, in 1920. Tell me you're an old white lady without telling me you're an old white lady. Hey, whatever. Listen, it's okay. Uh, I mean, Ethel is the oldest white, like the whitest old lady name of all time. Probably. Eight. It's okay. It is. It's it just right. is. It's fine. Don't let it, you know. You know. So then 19, uh, in 1921, he would actually be sent to uh, Louisiana to be stationed with a unit that was assigned to guarding the mail. Oh, wow. There's, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Well, he had to do it. Fucking guarding the laundry was all taken up. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, this was actually short-lived because he somehow, I don't know how, but he gained the passion and love of aviation. Okay. Um, and he would actually be assigned to go to Pensacola, Florida, where he would enter flight school. And then in July of 1922, he would be officially designated as a pilot. And he would then... <laughs> Wait, be how long was he there? Uh, from So just like a full year. Okay. That's not uh, bad. And then, so from Pensacola, he'd be transferred back to Quantico to be part of the air detachment of, okay. at Quantico. Okay. That's pretty cool. Then from 1923 to 25, Merritt would be stationed in Guam. Ah. Um, now, this is where... One of our lesser known territories. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is where he would uh, get to know the semi-tropical islands of the um, Marianas. Oh, no. Where, uh, in the near future, he would actually become a little famous. Oh, no. And we'll discuss how famous this motherfucker is. He's going to fuck up some zeros. Mm, no. No? No. Uh, he ain't going to fuck up no zeros. Okay. No. Do zeros no. fuck him up? Nope. Okay, that's good, though. No. Uh, he would then return stateside, like I said, in 1925, uh, and he would jump into an, an advanced aviation tactics class in Kelly Field, Texas. Uh, he would then go... Uh, from there, um, to attend the company officers course at Quantico, Virginia. Okay, so, this so guy he's didn't... going back to Quantico. Yeah, so this guy didn't fucking you know, what? How's this saying go? Uh, uh, something about water. Um, I don't know. I was gonna say something about moss doesn't gather in a Rolling Stone. But... Yes. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't let that shit happen. Yeah. No. He was just like. Okay, I'm moving. I gotta Doing do shit. this. Gotta do this. Gotta do this. Gotta do this. One ray after another. Okay, 
Advanced Tactical School. Done. Complete. Boom. Got to go to officers, you know, company officer training school. Got to go do that. Boom. Right off to it. Um, does that. He graduated with the highest grades ever attained by any student up to that time. Jesus Christ. Uh, because of phys- Now, because of physical reasons, though, he would actually have to give up his wings. God damn it. And, well, he has to go back to the being a grunt. Go back to pounding the ground. That sucks. Yeah. Because you know he wanted to just pound the sky. He did. <laughs> uh, he would be actually sent to the Naval Yard in Philadelphia to serve as an or, uh, ordinance, op- ordinance officer. And this is by far his worst assignment because he's in Philadelphia. At that time, Philadelphia is probably not a shitty. I don't know. I mean, this is the city that threw fucking batteries at Santa Claus, so... I mean, this yeah. is only like 1926-ish. Okay. Maybe 20. So this is now. this is pre-having to grease light poles if your team makes the playoffs. Yeah, this is this is way before that. <sighs> right, we'll give okay. him, we'll, we'll give him a break then. Uh, now let's jump to the end of 1927, and like I said, I'm going to jump around a little bit because I don't want to bore the shit out of everybody with all the things this guy did. You know from point a to point b because he went to a lot of schools went to a lot of uh different things you know places for being stationed like there was between philadelphia um and his next assignment i mean he went to back to quantico and back to philly back over to here over to there it was just like a whole bunch of jumping around a lot of it um so i was like eh, i'm not gonna you know bore everybody with all that yeah fair I'll enough just, you know tell them so like i said let's jump to the end of 1927 and Merritt would then be uh shipped off to another adventure okay this adventure would land him with orders to serve on the uss denver as the commanding officer of the marine detachment aboard the denver okay and he's the commanding officer well then he gets promoted to captain on December 21st of 1927. Okay. Okay. Then in 1928, he would be actually be moved off of the Denver over to the USS Rochester to do the same exact thing he was doing on the Denver. Okay. You so know. he's just yeah, just getting switching bounced ships. around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then while aboard the Rochester, his at- detachment would go ashore in Nicaragua. From February 28th to August 1920... I'm sorry. Start that again. Then while aboard the Rochester, his his detachment would go ashore in Nicaragua from February 1928 to August 1929. Uh, In command of 160 uh, picked and specially trained Marines, he fought 12 separate engagements with the uh, Sandino-led bandits and denied them the use of the... Poteca and uh, Cocoa River Valleys. Where is this again? I'm sorry, Guam. No, uh, Nicaragua. Okay, Nicaragua. Okay. Sorry, I missed. I missed that somewhere. So this was where he would actually receive his first medal. Okay. Of many. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, this guy fucking when he walks in, when he would walk into a, a, a officers' club, if you know, if he walked in when he was a, a spoiler. He becomes a general, okay? He would walk in, and 
he'd have a fuck ton of ribbons. Yeah. And I do mean a fuck ton. Then Enough he, that he has to he has to constantly pull one side of his jacket yeah. to keep the shit from sliding off. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all they're all fucking earned. He looks like an African dick like he stole an African dictator's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got fucking like Idi Amin's jacket where he had him from shoulder line to his waist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He actually uh and he earned every single one of them. Okay. Not like some. Right. Um so like I said, he received his first medal and this was the Navy Cross for actions in which, quote, his exhibition of coolness, intrepidity, and dash uh, so inspired his men that superior forces of bandits were driven from their prepared positions and uh, severe and uh, severe losses inflicted upon them. Good. Okay. So that's why he would re- receive that. Now, from a grateful Nicaraguan government, Captain Edison uh, Edson was also awarded the Nicaraguan uh, Medal of Merit with Silver Star. Ooh. And he actually, (laughs) while doing this, would receive, um, this is where he would actually receive his um, uh, nickname, which was, uh, I'm going to butcher it, I believe it was Red. I totally, I thought I was going to put it in, and I totally fucked it up. (laughs) Hold on. Shocker. One of us fucked up but didn't okay. put shit in our notes? No, no his name was Red Mike. It, it was Red Mike. This is where he was, you know, this is where he got it. Or, was, or as they would have called him in Nicaragua, Nicaragua Rojo Miguel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I knew a little bit of Spanish. Yes. It wasn't all just staring at my teacher and shit. It was staring at your teacher and it shit. It was a lot of that, but yeah. yeah a lot yeah. of that. Lot, lot, Pretty lot. sure the only people that learned how to speak Spanish and that were the girls in the class, but... Probably the rest of it. I mean, you sorry. It was, I know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you expect? You put a twenty-five-year-old South American girl in front of like a bunch of ninth-grade boys. Like, uh, we ain't gonna learn shit, dude. You like, just, if you can hear this, you just hear a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I go to the bathroom? No. Oh. Put a gotta. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, in 1941, he was again transferred um, off of the, sh- off the, the ship to Quantico to command the 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, which was redesignated the 1st uh, Separate Battalion in January 1942. 1st Separate Battalion? Yeah. Okay. Um, the training exercises which he conducted in the succeeding months with the Navy high-speed transports, the APDs, mm-hmm. uh, led to the organization of the 1st Marine Raider Battalion. Oh, okay. shit. Yeah. He was the leader of... He oh, was the starter of this motherfucker. Shit. <laughs> this guy's from Vermont. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, if you, if you don't know, like, Marine Raiders are bad fucking dudes. Yeah. Like, they're they're, like, up there with, like... Marine Force, like recon kind of guys, mm-hmm. so like in the same, except they're not like sneaking around. These are the guys that are gonna kick your door in and shoot you in the fucking head until you stop moving. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> so this was in early 1942. This unit was the prototype of every Marine Raider battalion formed throughout the yeah. war. Yeah. He was at, then at this point in early 1942, he gets promoted again. From captain to colonel. Okay. Getting his little bird on. Yep. 
uh, on May 21st of 1941. So he would then get his first taste of the Pacific Theater of World War II by going to American Samoa to train his Raider force. And professional wrestlers and football players. Yes. Yeah. Then on August 7th... Alpha and Seek out there just smashing motherfuckers' heads together. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then on August 7th, Merritt and his Raiders, along with the 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, would land on the beaches of Tulagi, British uh, Samoan... Uh, yeah, Samoan. Solomon Islands. Okay. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that correctly. See, it's weird. If they were the British Solomon Islands, why were we fighting there, not them? I don't know. Maybe. We're too busy fighting a war in Europe. Yeah, Fucking well, losers. We did both. We Hey. We did both. We're overachievers, okay? You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, hey, uh, you know, you fuckers in, uh, you know, that, that country down under, you know, yeah. Australia, go yeah. fucking you fight for us. You fucking so. go. <laughs> and, and New Zealand, go fight. Yeah, New Zealand's like, eh. oh, we have sheep and stuff to deal with here. Okay. Speaking but, of, I mean, we kid because, you know, yeah, the English were actually being attacked constantly. So, so I got I to take a little side quest. Then here. they had to send the Canadians in to commit their war crimes during World War One. Uh, so they weren't going to do it. So I have to take a little side quest because we, we mentioned, I, or I mentioned New Zealand. Yeah, um, mentioned I New actually, Zealand and side quests, so we're yeah. talking Lord of the Rings now. No, oh. no, no, no. Because <laughs> Lord of the Rings is the no, ultimate side quest. It, it actually has to do with uh, <laughs> with war situation. Oh, I, I don't know if it's totally true. I, I hope it is. I wanted to look it up. But um, I saw this thing because I got into f- a fucking wa- – I, I do this every single time. I always watch different shit. Then I have to go, oh, hey, I want to keep watching different things. So, well, I started watching New Zealand do the haka. Oh, yeah. Different, different sports. And they're doing baseball, uh, basketball. Was it? They also did that. I think they do it for rugby and shit. Rugby. Uh, obviously rugby, rugby but like cricket maybe. One. Yep. All of it. Well, anyway, <laughs> I saw this one video. It was something about hawker or whatever. And I'm like, wow, what the fuck is this? This is basically the origins of it? I don't know. But it turns out it was just, uh, I believe it was during, uh, it was World War Two, And New Zealand happened to be, or World War One. I'm not sure. Well, maybe it was one. Uh, New Zealand was in the trenches. On one side, and then you had uh, the Germans on the other. Well, uh, one of the guys happened to – they heard, heard like, a German singing a song. They're like, oh, whatever, okay. So this other guy's like, hey, you should you should sing a song to this other guy. Let's get up there and do our scary murder so, dance. <laughs> and the uh, one guy's like, okay, I'll sing a song. So he starts singing a song, and then they start communicating back and forth, and – they happened to – it was Christmas, I think it was, and it's, one of the New Zealanders actually got um, some cookies from home, and he throws them over. And the Germans take them, and they're like, oh, nice. Never so, had chocolate and coconut and caramel before. So, well, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> I know where you're going. It was a regional joke. <laughs> I know where you're going. Uh, uh, we sent them Samoas. Because uh, if we had sent them Samoans, they would have all died. Well, so. <laughs> yes. Um, so they, the Germans ended up sending something else back over, and one of the guys grabbed Gas. it. Oh. No, and and then they, it's kind of like uh, during World War Two with the whole like peace between the that two sides. That was signs, World War One Or one, whatever. Yeah. Between. Uh, they played soccer uh, and shit on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this happens to be. 
kind of like the same thing. I mean, you got to think they're all like fucking like teenagers, basically. Yeah. But the New Zealanders, um, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna play soccer. All right, their their captain or whatever was British, and you know, he's like, well, it's easy, boys. He's like, well, yeah. like we don't know it. We play rugby. These filthy Kiwis don't know how to play football. They're like, <laughs> like we play rugby. They're like, well, like, well, they don't know how to play that. Um, so you're just gonna play, you know, football or soccer. And uh, they're like, okay, fine. We'll play it. We're going to get our asses beat. But we'll play it. We're not going to like it, though. <laughs> but we have to, well, we want to save face and we want to have, you know, some dignity. So we want to do a haka. And they're like, he's like, no, you're not going to do a haka because it's, it's, you know, you know, I've seen one of those performed and it, it basically caused a, an issue. Yeah. And, Satanic. And uh, somebody almost got killed from it. Yeah, that's kind of the point. So. Well, we want to do this. So he goes over, their their captain or whatever, goes over to the other captain, of, and he's like, listen, they want to do a haka. They exchange like, lineup cards and shit. They're like, well, <laughs> he's like, haka? He, and he kind of like vaguely translated, you know, kind of like said it, didn't really translate it. He's like, it's a dance. And they're like, you know, he's like doing like dance. He goes, and they all made fun of it. So then... He's like, okay, fine. So they start doing the haka, and they're like taken back, like, oh my god, you know, this what, is crazy. What the fuck are these guys doing? Yeah, and the the, the off, uh, you know, the commanding officer's like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So they let him do it, and by the time they got done, they were like, holy shit, that was inspirational. Like, that, that was, was cool. awesome. Fuck. And they gave him you know, like a round of. They actually saluted them. Yeah. Every single one of the Germans saluted the Samoans. They were like. Whoa. So, you know, they stood there. Then the like, Kiwis dropped back down to their holes and fucking killed them all when yep. they were standing there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you ever, if you're a grown man and you want to cry, there is one where uh, I believe he was a uh, 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 Maori that died in Afghanistan, I want to say, say fighting there. Mm. Uh, and they do like a full on thing at his funeral. And yeah, you're a grown man and you will fucking cry. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So. Okay. That's how it works. Well, back to uh, yeah. off our side tra- yeah. you know, tangent here. So they're in the Solomon Islands. Okay. That's how we got here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, two days of severe fighting secured this strategic island. Uh, this action was followed by raids of Salvo Island and at. Tem- uh, boy. It's uh, unpronounceable. I'm, I'm going to fuck this up. But You're going to. I'm going to try it. I dare you. Uh, Tasman. Tasm. Uh, Boko? Sure. Okay. T-A-S-I-M-B-O-K-O. Yeah. Okay. Close enough for government work. Uh, which was on Guadalcanal. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Colonel Edson was awarded a gold star in lieu of a Navy cross for a successful conduct of the Tulagi uh, operation. So now is where we get to the part where... We turn this shit off and we move to a new podcast. Ha, ha, ha. You know? No, actually, you're not going to move to a new podcast. Fuck you all. If you're you, going to listen to this. If you were going to, though, you could go over to patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. It's the same show by the same idiots, except you just have to pay for this one. Yeah. Uh, $5 a month. Gets Wait, you access. hold on. Stop. Hold the presses. Hold the presses. Huh. We're possibly going to lower it down to we're $3. Thinking it. We're thinking about it. We're thinking about dropping down to 3 bucks to see what happens, see if... Uh, Get we can get some more you suckers or like uh, find <laughs> wonderful people. We can convince you to come give us a shot. 
So it's, it's something we're working on here uh, in the next couple months. We're considering doing just to see how it works out. So. All right. So I tried just to. to and it's, it's just to prove that we're not. Yeah. We don't think we're that good. We're only worth a couple bucks. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Five bucks isn't even that much. But. We're not you know. doing this for a living. Fuck I it. Wish. God damn. Okay. Numbers keep going the way they are, though. Mm, no. Hey. So, in all actuality, no. This is the part where we get into where he would be part. Uh, take part in events that would later lead to him being awarded the Medal of Honor. Okay. This is where we go from mild to Szechuan style. Yes, very <laughs> About much. About to get spicy. We're going to get very, very fucking I spicy. I like it. You know, we're going to go from like... Put the fucking dragon oil right to it. We're probably going from Jalapeno to, say, Cal- uh, Carolina Reaper. Oh, that's pretty fucking We're hot. fucking going boom, yeah. big time. Like I said, we're putting the dragon oil to it. Uh, that yeah. shit will burn your asshole by smelling it. Yes. Woof. So before we continue on, let's just take a break right here, and we'll come back and we'll get into this shit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So this heroic act happened between September 13th to the 14th of 1942 on Lunga Ridge, which if you look it up, you will uh, actually see that it is now called uh, Edson's Ridge. Okay. So I know most of you fuckers will be like, no, Kevin, it's all actually called this. Well, it was called that. It was called that until yeah. we got there. <laughs> and after the battle, actually, everyone uh, else would actually refer to it as Bloody Ridge. Because okay. Because <laughs> it was pretty fucking bloody. Um, this part of the Guadalcanal, uh, it had an air, that actually had an airfield on it. Okay. And it was very strategic that it be held at all costs. Right. Now, here's the account of actually what happened on those two days. And I was like, oh, I could, I can, I'm going to be forthright with everyone. I took this verbatim from everything that, you know, because I found it so many places. And I was like, hey, why not go to the source that actually spills it all out verbatim of what happened? Yeah, fair enough. Because, I mean, I'd probably fuck it up. So here it is. At first light on September 13th, P-40s and Grumman F-4F Wildcat fighters uh, came storming down on the Japanese. P-40s are pretty badass, yeah. though. The strafing from uh, from air in the howitzers of Don Pedro del uh, Valle's 11th Marines combined with the mortars of the infantry units made the enemy run for cover. <laughs> oh, wearing shorts today. Now you're getting chilly? Well, it's also like fucking 60 degrees in here and like 85 out there, so. Oh, okay. Shrapnel from the American fire damaged Kawaguchi's shortwave radio. And Kawaguchi is uh, one of the leaders of the Japanese um, uh, Navy. Navy. Well, not Navy, but um, the forces on the ground. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was now cut from off from. Uh, Rabdal and had no way 
of communicating his movements to the 7th Army headquarters. That's too bad. 17th Army headquarters, sorry. That's too bad. Sucks uh, to be him. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Good Kawag- guys are about to win one. Yes. <laughs> Kawaguchi still had uh, his brigade radio and urgently tried to make contact with his scattered battalions and consolidate his forces for a push on Henderson Field. Oh. And this is the name of the airfield. Oh, Okay. Uh, Henderson Field, Henderson Field, I believe. Is that the one that uh, John Bassalone defended? It sounds really fucking familiar. Maybe. So, meanwhile, Ed, uh, Edson was also preparing his next move. The soft-spoken Raider commander wasted no time in organizing a counterattack against the Japanese to re- regain Company C's former position. Unfortunately, the attempt to drive out the enemy failed. So that morning, Edson had called his company commanders to the CP. And as they squatted around him, he ate uh, his cold hash out of a can and, and issued his orders. And they were as, quote, now, sorry for the language, folks, but it's his quote, and I'm going to say it verbatim. He's going to say Japs, isn't he? He is. <laughs> uh, they were testing, just testing. They'll be back. I want all positions improved, all wire lines paralleled, a hot meal for the men. Today, dig in, dig, wire, up tight, get some sleep. We'll all need it. As he stood, uh, he continued, the nip will come back. Ah. I want to surprise him. Just before 1900 hours, Kawaguchi's hordes jumped off and struck B Company's lines on the open ground of the ridge, unstrengthened, understrengthened, uh, because of wounded men and illness in their ranks, the weary Marines damaged, managed to uh, merge with Company C, but Kawaguchi did not capitalize on the opening day like he should have. Uh, they actually withdrew for the evening. Can I interrupt you for a yes. second? Okay. So the reason Henderson Field sounded so familiar is I was wrong. It was not John Bassalone that I was thinking of. It was Marine Corps Jesus, Chesty Puller. Ah. Was uh, <laughs> the commander there. So, yeah. Uh-huh. You motherfuckers have to say goodnight to him <laughs> during boot camp. So he's kind of important. Well, they might say, you know, goodnight to Merritt Edson, too. Um, yeah, but he didn't look like a bulldog, I'm assuming. Well, Merritt Edson has... Really, but Mary Edson has some places and things, you know, different things that Chesty Polar doesn't have. Ha ha. <laughs> anyway, an I, area code that starts with 802. It's like, I'm sorry, or a zip code that starts with 05. Being from eight, the 802 <laughs> yeah. from Vermont, if, if we can get advantage over someone else, yeah, fuck you. And here's the thing that's <laughs> stupid. Okay, so I am 35 years old for now, up until last year. You called anywhere in this goddamn state. You never had to put 802 in front of it. Now, if you call into a different town, you do. Because we think we're getting all fucking worldly and we got to put area codes in front of shit now. Oh, and uh, by the time you hear this, on that day, the day of the 18th, yeah, will be, be my goddamn birthday. His birthday. Yeah. So, happy birthday to me. I'll yeah. get to spend it at work. Uh-huh. My new job and shit. So, yeah. I'm going to get an ice cream cake this year because I'm sad and poor. It's okay. When you motherfuckers send me an ice cream cake <laughs> via the mail. What's up? You got run over? 
You got runned over? No way. What's up, dude? You hang out for a little bit? You want your food now or you wait? What's up, buddy? It's like, I got Wally. Did you get chicken feed? Yes, it's in my truck. Okay, because they've eaten. I haven't collected eggs in three days, and there was three eggs in there. Oh, shit. You say hi? Yeah. No, leave that on. Say hi. But yes, it's in the backseat of my truck if you want to feed him. Say one, two, three. Okay, so. Yeah, where did we leave off? Yeah. For we're uh, so rudely interrupted. So, they, so <laughs> Kawaguchi withdrew for the evening, didn't capitalize. Whichever fucking dirt bike company it was. Yep. Uh, didn't capitalize on having so many Marines. Uh, knocked out of the battle. Yeah. Because they, they could have taken, you know, taken the area. They could have wiped them out. Well. But they didn't. They used Chesty, Chesty Polar as a spawn point. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Marines had <laughs> he lost. Just shits Marines. The Marines had lost a third of their men and were forced to fall back to consolidate their defenses. Marine Corps leaders, leadership knew uh, another fight would ensue the next evening. As the outnumbered Marines worried about their position, Colonel Edson simply said, quote, It is useless to ask ourselves why it is we are here. We are here. There is only us between the airfield and the Japs. And I was also wrong. That's where... You know how my brain is. Uh, John Bassalone received his Medal of Honor for actions during the battle for Henderson Field on Guadalcanal. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, we covered him because he's a fucking, he's a badass. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so sorry. I'll continue the quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or actually, I'll restart it. Now that my ADHD flare up has fucking receded for now. <laughs> Colonel Edson simply said, it is useless to ask ourselves why it is we are here. We are here. There is only us between the airfield and the Japs. If we don't hold, we will lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll lose Guadalcanal. Guadalcanal. Sorry. Yeah. That was it. Finished it. Yeah. Throughout that day, Marines under Edson's direction prepared for the coming battle by strengthening defenses, digging fortifications, zeroing in on mortars, zeroing in mortars securing the support of artillery, and getting needed rest. The night wave after the night, uh, that night, wave after wave of, uh, of attack came with each one reducing Marine numbers and weakening defenses. But the Marines held. In the end, the Japanese retreated, too diminished to effectively assault the airfield. Yeah, By 4 a.m., Merritt would call for reinforcements, and he would get them. Edson's Marines moved off the ridge on the 14th and bivouacked in uh, Kukum, for a much-deserved re- uh, rest. I mean, we, we've said it more than once about the Japanese during World War II. If they were anything, it was persistent. Yeah. They would they would fucking... They were... Almost as bad as the Russians with just throwing dudes into the yeah. into the meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Whereas we were like... We didn't really want to. You know, we'd give up land to come back and fight again. You know, we weren't going to die for every square foot of land that we could hold. Yeah, it was, wasn't our thing. So now the so they got the rest, okay. But however, the cost of victory was not cheap. No, the first raider battalion lost 135 men. 
of? Uh, like 500. Oh, Jesus. Or 800. 800 men. Okay. Fuck. Uh, the first parachute battalion, another 128. Jesus. Of this, 59 Marines were dead or missing in action. Of the 377 paramarines who had landed August 7th on Guadalcanal, approximately 86 remained. Holy shit. The raiders had gone ashore with 750 in their ranks, and they had sustained 234 killed, wounded, or missing. That's not a good ratio. No. Uh, as At a all. result of their tremendous loss, the shoots as they referred to, yes. left uh, Guadalcanal on September 18th, but the raiders remained. Like so many, so uh, so many others that we have actually covered on this podcast, he didn't end his career with uh, the end of World War Two. Uh, he would actually continue to serve in the military. He would go on to be promoted to like several more times, and then in 1943 he would be promoted to chief of staff of the Second Marine Division. Which was then preparing for uh, Tarawa. Oh, no. Okay. And then by 1944, he was now the rank of Brigadier General. Son of a bitch. Okay. Hey, man. So he's the fourth highest that you can get. Hey, fucking started from the bottom. Yeah. You know. And promoted to Chief of Staff of the Fleet uh, Marine Force of the Pacific. For his services during the ensuing year, uh, he was awarded a gold star in lieu of a second Legion of Merit. Uh, duty as Commanding General, uh, Service Command, Fleet Marine Force, Pacific, uh, rounded out 44 months of continuous service in in uh, the war zone. So he would actually, so like I said, he would round out. 44 months of continuous service in the war zone. Damn. Okay. 44 continuous months. That's a long fucking time. Never come home. Uh, when a young officer once asked him when he might expect to be rotated back to the United States, Brigadier General Edson replied, when the war is over, when my job's done. Well. Okay. In December 1945, he was assigned to the office of Chief of the Naval Operations and in 1947, uh, February 1947, to Marine Corps headquarters. Which would be back into Virginia? Yeah. So back he, to, goes, he, he came back stateside. Yeah, back to like Quantico, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, this would follow with retirement at from active duty at the age of 50. Damn. And after more than 30 years in the military service of his country. So... Can you imagine being able to retire 50. at 50 and well, not have to worry about working anymore? Uh, he was actually promoted. Hold that thought. Okay. Okay. He was promoted to Major General. This is third highest rank. So he's a two-star at this point. He is a three-star. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he's third highest. You can go. Next one is four. And then then five. five. But there's never been a Five star, I think. Uh, last five star general. Let's find out. I, uh, uh, there has been of uh, of the marines. Oh, 
Uh, so he was promoted to major general at the time of his retirement on August 1st of 1947. The, the last overall five-star general was fucking Omar Bradley. And he retired in 1962. Mm. Then they named a, a vehicle after him, or Patton, whoever you want to believe, according to my made-up story from earlier this episode. Uh-huh. So I know everyone is thinking, okay, this guy is going to take his military retirement, set up, go off in the sunset. No, because know? if he retires, he has to come back here. Yeah, like John <laughs> Wayne. Well, okay, so... <clears throat> yeah, so he takes his retirement, and, well, I wish it was the case that he would actually retire. Oh, no. He doesn't. Uh-oh. And you said he comes back here? Yeah. Huh. Surprise. He actually does. Okay. And, um, well, he, you know, like many others in Vermont, you know, that are in the military or whatever, eh, retirement's not for me. I'm not going to retire. No. I, no. <clears throat> no, no. forgot how much I hate this place. I got to go back and fight people in other countries. No. No. No? Uh, he would go on to become the Vermont State Troopers' first commissioner. No shit. Yes. Wow. Organizing the force uh, partially from an older organization of motor vehicle officers. He set up a, an efficient organization on a semi-military basis, a system which has since... Uh, been adopted by other states and he would have also been he would have been involved with the disappearance of that girl in the bennington triangle because that's where the fucking state police came from is because of that missing persons case yep huh yeah and interesting he actually way to fucking tie it back around yeah and he actually came to well our hometown yeah because that's where the police barracks is it's not fucking five minutes from where we sit yes not five minutes yeah i uh, well this wasn't good enough for him and he kind of didn't want to settle on it well he would then return to washington dc on july in july of 1951 to become the executive director of the national rifle association nra nice uh, his major efforts in that post were directed in uh stimulating the interest of America's Americans in rifle markman, marksmanship. Back when the NRA was an actual good organization yeah. and not just a political piece of shit that ruins everything and, yeah. you know, votes in favor of gun control in some cases. Yeah. So concurrently, he campaigned vigorously for a Marine Corps uh, adequate uh, both in size and strength for its many commitments. He would unfortunately... Uh, pass away on August 14th of 1955. Okay. Now, I have to be honest, I really only touched on a few of the parts, like I had said previously, uh, of this wonderful man's career, because, well, if I didn't touch on a few of those parts, it, uh, it would just, you know, like I said, just drag out. Yeah, like going through all of um, his schooling and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we could be here for a while longer or we would have to do a and uh, we'd have to do a two-parter yeah and the first part would have been boring because yeah. that was before he started killing japanese during world war ii uh from what i read and i don't feel like he was a lead from the back kind of guy no. I, I think he was out there like he busting was, fucking skulls he was like you know what you don't uh, gather from why he would receive the medal of honor was that because he was on the front 
yeah. line. Barking orders. Get here. Get yeah. there. He get was out there, there smashing dicks there. and, you know. And the guys, some of the guys, I actually saw a quote where one of the guys was like, he was scared shitless of him. The yeah, guys as you should like, be. Oh, my God. You know. As you should be. <laughs> I mean, this guy was just standing there doing what he's doing. Actually, like we always do, I will actually read the his citation. Nice. Um, now, from what I read and learned about him, he was one of those guys that started from the bottom as a private and rose to the top. Listen, mister. <laughs> You're breaking noise regulations there. You better stop it. <laughs> I don't bite me, you little shit. Don't, I said don't bite me, not continue to bite me, you turd. So, he raised that. <laughs> he just like rubs his hands on his legs like he's not doing anything wrong. You little shit. Like... So, he rose to the top to Major General in the Marines, which is the third highest, like I said. Uh, not too bad for a boy from a small town in Vermont. Fuck yeah. So, in, in addition to the Medal of Honor... Two Navy Crosses, a Silver Star, and two Legion of Merits. General Major Edson's numerous decorations included the Presidential Unit Citation with two Bronze Stars, the Mexican Service Medal, World War I Victory Medal with Maltese Cross, Ooh. A Second Nicaraguan Campaign Medal, China Service Medal with Bronze Star, Mm-hmm. American Defense Service Medal with Bronze Star, American Campaign Medal, Asiatic Pacific Campaign Medal right. with six Bronze Stars. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> he was fucking there. He was fight, Dude, he was going, time. He was going fucking bananas over yeah. there. Uh, the World War II Victory Medal. Yep. The Distinguished Service Order, British Empire. He's... <laughs> Fucking bit me so hard, <laughs> dude! You're so mean. Why are you so mean to me? Uh, and the Nicaraguan Medal of Merit. Uh, Edson served. Uh, no, that, you cannot bite that. <laughs> you have you you have one of those. You don't want to bite it. No. General Edson served no. on active. <laughs> All right, what do you got to say? Talk. You know what we could do that would probably keep him busy. You can set up that other microphone, not plug it in, and then put him in his high chair and just stick it in front of his face. Probably. Yeah. Teach you some history shit, sir. <clears throat> so, General Edson served on active duty from 1917 through 1947. So, 30, 30 years of military service. Yep. So, and this tradition was actually carried on by his sons, Herbert, and his sons, Herbert, and. Uh, late Merritt Austin uh, Edson Jr. and his grandson Colonel David W. Edson, who currently serves as the deputy director of the Brute uh, Curlac Center for Applied at Creativity aboard Marine Corps Base Quantico. Now, uh, so no- another one that was also not badass, but also progenitor of badasses. What, dude? You're so loud. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> the big laugh. I love it. Oh. But he would have, oh. uh, he would actually have a hall named after him called Edson Hall, which unfortunately, unfortunately, has been taken down, and a new building is 
has been constructed or it's going to be constructed. Yep. They have several buildings in the area that are going to be built. Where was that? This is um, this is at the. Uh, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think he does. He doesn't though. He just he's like me. He just likes to talk. Well, this is uh on at uh, Quantico. Oh, okay, nothing up here. Yeah, no. Um, Which like why? Why don't we have anything for this guy up here? I don't know. Because well, it's for the Marine headquarters. Yeah, but stuff. still, he was a. <sighs> so General Edson's service was commemorated with the dedication of the USS Edson, a U.S. Navy destroyer that was. In active service from 1958 through 1988. Nice. And is now the principal display of the Saginaw Valley Naval Ship Museum located in Bay City, Michigan. I was going to say, it's got to be somewhere near Saginaw, Michigan, yep. I would assume. Yep. On, uh, uh, on August 21st of 1964, in recognition of Edson's significant contributions to combat markman- marksmanship, Throughout his career, Edson Range was dedicated at Camp Pendleton, nice. California. Nice. Uh, now home to Weapons and Field Training Com- Battalion Marine Corps Recruit Depot, San Diego. Right. So if you're West Coast and you're going to the Marine Corps, that's where you go yep. instead of them shipping your happy ass all the way over to Paris Island. Yep. Yeah. I mean, some went to uh, San Diego. Or you go there for like spe- like AIT or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now he does actually, um, in Rotland, have a monument that is dedicated to him. It's not like a big one, but it's it should be bigger. Yeah, in my opinion, because I didn't never knew who the fuck this guy was. Never knew him. So, I, I had no idea until you mentioned him like yesterday. I'm like, oh shit, really? And it's in front of um, uh, stand by the firehouse, like in front of the firehouse on Route Seven. Well, it's down from that there. little like uh, that little area there. It's the uh, funeral home in front of there. Yeah, but it's the same general area. It's that yeah. little street that yeah. runs parallel. So here is... At least he's in a nice part of town yes. where it's not a bunch of crackheads and shit yet. Yeah. Yeah, if it was the other end of town, then he'd be getting pissed on constantly and we'd have to kill people. So here <clears throat> is his citation for his Medal of Honor. Yes. Okay. Do it. The, presentation, the President of the United States of America... In the name of Congress, takes pleasure in presenting the Medal of Honor to Colonel Merritt Austin Edson, United States Marine Corps, for extraordinary heroism and uh, conspicuous intrepidity above and beyond the call of duty as commanding officer of the 1st Marine Raider Battalion with parachute battalion attached during uh, action against enemy Japanese forces in the Solomon Islands. On the night of the 13th and 14th September uh, 1942, after the airfield of Guadalcanal had been seized from the uh, from the enemy on uh, 8 August, Colonel Edson, with a force of 800 men, was assigned to the occupation and defense of a ridge con- uh, dominating the, gen- the jungle on either side of the airport, facing a formidable Japanese attack, which augmented by uh, infiltration, had crashed through the front line. Our front lines. He, by skillful handling of his troops, successfully withdrew his forward units to a reserve line with minimum casualties. When the enemy successfully withdrew, I'm sorry. 
When the enemy in subsequent series of violent assaults engaged our forces, <clears throat> forces in desperate hand-to-hand -hand combat with bayonets, rifles, pistols, grenades, and knives, Colonel Edson, although continuously exposed to hostile fire throughout the night, personally directed defense of the reserve position against a fanatical foe of a greater, greatly superior numbers. By his astute leadership and gallant devotion to, du du to duty, he enabled his men, despite severe losses, to cling ten uh, tenaciously to their position on a vital ridge, thereby retaining command not only of the Guadalcanal airfield, but also of the 1st Division's entire offensive installments in the surrounding area. He was a bad dude. Yes. Like we can just, we could have just said that, you know. He, oh, I, I was saying to somebody, um, at work today. All I could think of was when I, when I read this and everything about him was that he was kind of like, um, um, oh Jesus, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't think of it. The one that from um. Maine, um, that was the captain, colonel, whatever he was, that was in charge of the first Maine or whatever that was on Little Round Top. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking you know, about. Or any of those guys name. that was basically right there, you know, <clears throat> could have been shot at any point, mm -hmm. but was going from position to position telling his guys, Get here, do this, do this, do that. Come on, boys, you know, cheering them on. You know, give them what for. Everything he needed to do and everything they needed to hear from their commanding officer, yeah. he did. Just being there and helping and yeah. motivating. Yes. Would be the other one to think about. Um, now, <laughs> there are plenty other, like, uh, uh, Things for like why he received the Navy Cross, the Gold Star, lieu of a second Navy Cross, uh, Legion of Merit. Why he received that? Well, because like you can't keep giving people the. It's the same reason that fucking uh, Dan Daly got two medals of honor instead of three, because you can't do that because some fucking wiener in Washington D.C. Yeah. pushing papers decides that well, well it wouldn't be fair if we gave him three. Well, or this, if we give him a was, second one, the, 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 like I, I have a, I found a source where it kind of like tells why he received each one of the, those citations. Okay, um, but I won't go into that. If everybody wants to see it, I can, you know, I can find it and just put it up on the the page for everybody to see. Um, but yeah, I mean that's Merritt Edson, bad motherfucker. Yeah. Is he buried around here? Or is he in? I don't know. Okay. Did not find um, that. Because I know that we have a Medal of Honor recipient buried in Rutland. Yeah. Um, but that was a, was a Civil War Medal of Honor. And mm -hmm. they kind of got a little crazy with those where they kind of oh, just I'm handed sorry. those out like crazy. So, yes, I do know where he was buried. Arlington Cemetery. Okay, he's in Arlington. Okay. Yeah. Where he belongs. Yeah. Um, but, no, like the, the Civil War. They handed out fucking Medal of Honors yeah. like like candy. Yeah, um, it was the, to a lot of people. The guy that was in that's buried in Rutland. That's he was originally I think from Middlebury. 
Um, they Ripley Road was named after him in Rutland because he had a, a factory down there, uh, his family owned. But he, I can't remember exactly what he did, but it was nothing fucking remotely close to what when you think a Medal of Honor recipient, it's it's not even remotely close to that. It's mm-hmm. you know he was in the right place at the right time, and he you know did one or two things, and they're like, okay, cool, great, here's your thing, and uh, they sent him on his way. But uh, this dude, pretty badass. Yeah. You know? I, I was I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that. Small town had... kid makes good. Yeah. You know? I didn't know that anything about him. I saw, you know, this little thing about about him, and I was like, what the hell? And then I saw the you know, the monument dedicated to him, and I was like, I know where that is. I know where the hell that is. <laughs> no shit. Wow, that's kind of cool. So, yeah. And, you know, if this guy had been born 150 years earlier, he would have been nailing wigs to the inside of fucking Fort Ticonderoga with the rest of them. Probably. Um, speaking of which, uh, I know I plug them quite frequently, but uh, let them fight. Uh, their most recent episode they put out was about a gentleman by the name of Israel Putnam. And uh, if you're from our neck of the woods uh, or upstate-ish New York, you should probably listen to that episode because they, they mention a lot of places where he went and did crazy shit during the revolutionary war um fought for fought at fort ticonderoga during the french and indian war um i was it fort edward i believe he was a crucial part of building it was either fort edward or um the other one there um fort henry one of the two but uh yeah good fucking episode if you're into some revolutionary war shit um but uh, yeah, yeah, it was fucking, it was good, but not as good as this. I'm only saying that because it was our show. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast. Five bucks a month will get you access to, by the time you're hearing this, all 82 episodes that we have up on Patreon um, and anything that we have coming out in the future. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about some interesting shit, and um, like we always do, uh, I'm sure we'll find something to bitch about, like we always do, because we always seem to start off on topic and then fucking work ourselves up into <sighs> geopolitical bullshit or something. And <laughs> It's mostly Kevin. Yeah, mostly me, but you, you listen to it, because you have to. Because you're true. trapped in my house because I'm between you, <laughs> you and both doors. So, um, but yeah, uh, also head on over to studio.com. Grab yourself some headphones, some earbuds, or a fantastic Bluetooth speaker. Uh, throw it in your cart. 15% off when you put in Dark Windows 15 at checkout. And um, yeah, I mean, it's August, but you got to think holidays are going to be here before you fucking know it. Shut up. And uh, I don't want to hear that. Headphones and earbuds are always a good winter holiday gift. I can say Christmas <laughs> if you want. That's fine. <laughs> don't you dare say it. What? Christmas? Christmas. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it is what it is, you know. It is not what it is. It's it's getting here, is what I'm saying. Fuck it. Buy somebody a Halloween present. Nobody ever thinks about Halloween. Yes. Halloween's my favorite. It's fucking <clears throat> shit. And we're going to be running the haunted house this year in Pittsburgh, so... <laughs> Fucking once the dates come up, we'll let you guys know. And if you're in the area, come check it out. If you're not, fuck you. Come check it out. (laughs) Um, Because I think that I think your fucking asses here. And guess what? Yeah. 
you possibly might get the best two fucking guides that the haunted house has. Well, it's you're gonna you're getting the best two by proxy because two of the other four <clears throat> best guides in that place are not working it this year. Like I said, that being Seth and Shelby. So two of the best guides. Um, that there is. But we we have discussed it, and uh, we're pretty sure we're gonna be like, dude, bro dickhead ghost hunters yeah dude yeah oh my god man did you see that i'm going like full-on like dildo baggins <laughs> and uh i might get a shirt that's too tight and some like really expensive jeans or something and uh yeah yeah we're, it's gonna be fucking great you guys are gonna like it <sighs> i'm so excited I'm so happy <laughs> i mean come on it's when was the last time we did it 2019 right uh yes yeah this will be three years, well, four years since we've done it because of COVID. And then because of, <sighs> call it politics last year is why we didn't do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a thing. I'm excited. So with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. And uh, Peace out. Yeah. Are you tired of hearing the same stories of true crime, weird history, and the paranormal? Now dubbed the Night Stalker, the crime spree covers 50 miles. A suspect varies the time, place, and type of attack, but he always enters through an open door or window. Watching John Gacy's suburban Chicago home for the past 10 days. They became suspicious when 15-year-old Robert Peast disappeared after he allegedly was last seen with Gacy. This morning, police searched Gacy's home and found the decomposed remains of three bodies dirt crawl space under the house. They suspect there are several more bodies buried here. In Miami, Judge Edward Coward is expected to rule today on two defense motions in the trial of Theodore Bundy. He's accused of murdering two co-eds at Florida State. Good evening. The most intensive manhunt in New York City's history is over. The police have arrested a man they say is son of Sam, the killer who stalked the city streets for a year with a 44 caliber revolver, shooting to death six young people and wounding seven others. The suspect is David Berkowitz, a 24-year-old. A man claims he spotted Bigfoot. Next guest may have taken one of the best ever pictures of the Loch Ness Monster, a creature about two and a half metres long. Channel 10 News and the police department have been flooded with phone calls from people reporting UFO sightings. You are not alone. Hi, welcome to the Macabre Emporium. This fall, we invite you to experience the Macabre Emporium. Twice a month, we will bring you a lesser-known tale of true crime, weird history, or the paranormal. So come on in and browse the shelves of the Macabre Emporium. You never know what you will find here. 